Hello there. Welcome back to the 27th episode of Star Wars in a Galaxy, watching all the Star Wars we can get our hands on. Wow, 27, episode 2, season 4. I'm Eli. I'm Jacob. And this week we watched the first 50 minutes, basically the first half of the movie Star Wars The Clone Wars. It's a it's a big undertaking. We're doing the Clone Wars movie in two episodes, 50 minutes this week and around 50 next week. Um, yes. So, man. Um, you got a lot to talk about, this, as always. Um, if you hear, yeah. I'm going to try and remove as much background noise from this as I can. But if you hear chainsaws in the background, I'm sorry. It's, um, it's people chainsawing outside. What are they chainsawing? <laughs> trees. They're cutting down trees. Oh, wow. And they've been going at it all Stay day safe too. Out it's there. ridiculous. Man, that's that must be so irritating. Wow, it's it's well, terrible. I do have noise canceling headphones though, so it's good. oh nice. Um, Hopefully, the episode will be mostly uh, chainsaw free, un mostly untainted. Yeah, I, hope. I, okay. I think it'll be fine. Anyway, um, so getting right into it. Yeah, we have the um, the crawl kind of, or the uh, not the, the crawl, the, uh, the logo. So one thing I noticed, I, maybe this is what you're gonna touch on. I love the way there was the sound of the clones shouting behind the uh, the sound of the that was awesome. behind the I Lucas that. film. That was really awesome. I thought that um it really it reminded me a bit of the way the way that the trailer for Clone Wars saved kind of looked. Oh, with the clone helmets with lined the up clones, side by side. The clone helmets, or not how it looked, how it sounded. I mean. The way the the way you had the clones shouting and this thing like oh there's too many of them fall back so that was just a really cool um i don't even know if the what feloni did then in, or what they didn't i don't even know if what they did in season seven was supposed to be a reference to that but either way i thought it was really i thought it was really cool and i don't know yeah good. it made me get a little misty eyes um i don't know if we had this talk about um about this but i think we should right now if we did this last episode i'm sorry but I don't think we did. Let's talk about the guy who is basically responsible for all of this and a lot of what we're going to be doing over the next, like, season and beyond with the Clone Wars. Let's talk about our our, our buddy Dave Filoni. Whoever, I feel like I feel like Dave Filoni is the golden boy of the Star Wars uh, fandom right now. He everyone, is. No matter if you, it feels if like you everyone like JJ, wants if you don't Dave like Filoni. JJ, if you like Ryan, if you don't like Ryan... If you like George yeah. Lucas, if you don't like George Lucas, you'll like Dave Filoni. Yeah, it, it feels like everyone's just like, Dave Filoni, we want Dave Filoni. Like, when's, when's Dave Filoni going to do more Star Wars? Yeah. So I'm excited to see him come back for The Mandalorian. Season 2, yep. Um, That's, um, I think he's really earned his... 13 days from uh, now. Wow. 13 days, oh season gosh. 2 premiere. Crazy. Um, I think he's really earned his uh, his title. He really has. Kind of as the curator, the caretaker... Yeah. At this point of Star Wars, it feels like. Animation. That should tell you everything. Yeah. And now, I mean, say what you want about Resistance, but as, uh, he has two really good shows under his belt. And Resistance wasn't actually that associated with him. He he came up with the original idea, but he really handed it off to a, uh, a lot of his, like, the people who worked under him in the Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, not to say that Resistance yeah, is bad in any way. It's yeah. just that, like, Resistance is awesome. I love Resistance, but... That's a good point. I don't know how much um, we may be having our own factual inaccuracies because we keep a. Uh, I know I feel like I do. The, I have a bad habit of 
I always refer to the creator as having done everything in movies. So I always be like, yeah, absolutely. Oh, Filoni, Filoni did this. Yeah. Or Ryan Johnson did this. Or Lord George Lucas. I was gonna. I almost said Lord. I almost said Lord Jukas. <laughs> Lord Jukas. When in reality, I think I think we should have that reality, add that to Anthony totally Annals. Anthony Annals and Lord, Lord Jukas. <laughs> Anyway, uh, but but we digress. We digress. Anyway, where were we? I just wanted to talk about the theme Dave music. Filoni because you know, if people He's are probably going to ask us about Dave Filoni, and you know, Dave Filoni's great. Yeah, the theme music is something I want to touch on because I noticed that in some episodes of, at least on Disney Plus, some episodes of season one of the Clone Wars had a slightly different sounding theme music, but this one had the uh, the, the the one that we know. Interesting. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I think a few think. episodes have. The, the theme music sounds uh, different for some of season one. I think I know what you're talking about. Um, I actually do want to sure talk, talk about the but music we'll look into because that. we're not dealing with John Williams anymore. We're dealing with Kevin Kiner. Um, Kevin Kiner he's, he's... being the composer for all of Resistance. I think I think Resistance, actually. All of Rebels, all the Clone Wars, um, all the Bad I Batch. I don't think he did Resistance, actually. I, look, I looked him up. I don't think he did Resistance. But Bad Batch. He's going to be doing Bad Batch. Oh, he is? Yep. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I really um, I, I really like him. I think he uh, he takes like the, the what we know, the Star Wars themes, and he um, he kind of plays with them in really interesting ways. I love the way, especially in this, I, I kind of wrote this in my notes for later, but I guess we can touch on it now. I love the way it kind of get. I love the way the Clone Wars music, and to an extent all the shows that he's involved in, but really, especially the Clone Wars, I love the way it really gets kind of, you can get kind of experimental with the yeah the feel of the music and the instruments like like with Tef, this episode like we, there Tef. was a lot of the um yeah there were yeah there was a lot of drums yeah I was thinking a lot about flutes because that has some international weird sounds world music yeah sounds. I really I really liked it though like I really like whenever they do that like the Twilight theme music man it's awesome it didn't show up in and here like, but like you know people always talk about this but we got to touch on this like you know. What, and how they push Star Wars music forward. You know, John Williams is classic John Williams. No one can ever hold the candle to John Williams because he's John Williams. Kevin Kiner pushed it forward in his interesting way. I think John Powell actually did a very interesting job in Solo. Um, Michael Giacchino did a good job, but he was only given like six weeks to write that score for Rogue One. But uh, Ludwig Göransson. Really? Ludwig Göransson did a great job. Ludwig Göransson, The Mandalorian, is that music is special. Yeah, I like it. I think sometimes I don't enjoy it as much as I do the Clone Wars music. I think it goes a little too, it gets a little too, um, I think, purposefully weird. But, you know, I, it's still uh, it's still kind of refreshing and different. And it doesn't really feel like, it doesn't really sound like anything I've ever experienced yeah. before. Um, we should, I'm sure, we've been on I'm sure so many mini tangents. I'm sorry about this. It's... Let's do this. Yeah. Um, All right. So, um... So we open, um, we have the announcer. Yeah, we have the announcer, in the, and in the we first scene. see, um, that, like, the Clone Wars is really tearing the galaxy apart. Yes. Um, there is a line I wrote down, I don't know if you caught this line. While the Jedi are left to fight a war, there is no one left to keep the peace. Which, the Jedi are peacekeepers, not warriors. Which is an interesting line, because I never really thought about it that way. If if you have a war going on and you have the peacekeepers fighting in the war, then what happens to the peace? 
Yeah. You know. That's a good. That's a good. Uh. It, it, um. And uh, of course, and of course, we we also see the plot line, the very very famous plot line. Uh, this this is the thing that this movie is mostly remembered for, I think, the kidnapping of Jabba the Hutt's son. Can I just say something about that? The the moment when we see the acclimator, not the acclimator, sorry, the um the squid ship, the the Trident class assault ship. Yeah, that thing with the legs. Uh, the, yeah. Yeah. That thing. The Trident class assault ship. Also known, I call it the squid ship. The squid ship. Affectionately and also slightly grossed out. Um, it's it's actually, um, it can go underwater too. I think and I the saw main it. I thruster, think we see it in the Moncala, don't we? Yeah, we see it in, yeah, yeah, we see it in Moncala and we see it in, we see it a lot in Camino because they use oh, it to oh, yeah. get inside the um the walls. That's going to be um, Because troopers, its main thruster can be swapped like out for a drill. Yeah, I know. I'm excited for that. That's one of my favorite arcs. Oh God, 99. Oh, oh my God. I think that's. Gets me misty. <laughs> I Okay. That's um. That's pretty soon. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. Okay. But I digress. Just some. That was some fun facts. But right as the we see the uh Vent- I think it's. I assume it's Ventress's ship, because that's the same kind she uses in uh in the Camino arc, or maybe it's just. A, okay, we see the Separatist ship bearing down. Yeah. On the uh the barge, and it says the innocent become victims. Okay, maybe Rada's innocent because he's only a young so so young 57 year old hutlet hey, 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 so hey. remember ig11 species age differently species age differently yeah species age differently but the huts are hardly victims so that made me laugh a little the bit huts are hardly in fact innocent. it's literally it's literally taking place on the sail barge where jabba goes to hunt innocent bantha for sport and not even use their carcasses just leave them also, there by the way and where he goes to the great pit of crack i was about to mention the to, pit to of toss Karkoon. his victims into the to, sarlacc to watch as he tosses his victims into the sarlacc where apparently they stay for a thousand years although digested sure for works. a thousand years yeah it's adjusted he's hardly years. innocent this i will say i gotta give credit to the writers i really do like even though the idea of bringing job the hut and his son in is controversial i really do like their efforts to tie in the Clone Wars, not only with the prequel trilogy, but with the original trilogy, with a lot of the Jabba Palace sequences. I think that's very. Why do you smart. think it's controversial? Because a lot of people hate I, I, Rada. I haven't. Oh, a lot of people hate Rada. Rada. Like it's like, look at this point, this show is firmly a kids' show. Like it, they gotta have some kind of. We'll get to like, this later. This the... show is hardly a kids' show. Let's just say that. Look, 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 look. Let me just say this. Decapitated heads. Cutlet walked. De- okay, that's uh, that's a good point. That's a good point. I forgot about that, but it is still a kid. I think at the core, it's still a kid's at show. At the that core, it's still okay. a kid's show, but some parts yeah. are not for kids. Some parts of it are like, whoa. Okay. Rada the Hutlet walked so that baby Yoda could run. Yeah, That's I kind of agree, honestly. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. It, it's kind of in jest, but also... But kind but also of, also not honestly. really. I think, uh, I, th- I think a lot of people... I was actually kind of thinking about this, that this morning. I was thinking, like, so... What would it be like if everyone liked Rada as much as they liked Baby Yoda? Or what if it would? What, what would, would people be buying Rot? Would there be like Rada the Hutlet or, fan? Or what would it be like Twitter? if Baby Yoda just wasn't perceived as cute? What would that do for the Mandalorian? You know. Um, yeah. It, it's interesting to think about. But let's get on to. Um, the, I I like this. Um, there's a lot of ambiguity, moral ambiguity, with this because. They're not rescuing Rod of the Hut to rescue Rod of the Hut. They're rescuing Rod of the Hut to um, 
um, what's that word? I'll just say to please Jabba the Hutt. It's for yeah, it's for political. They're rescuing him for political reasons. To get the space lanes around Tatooine. I like looked it up. There's yeah. actually a canon thing called the Triellis trade route, which goes from Tatooine to Ruin. It's often used by smugglers. I'm not sure if it's exactly what they're talking about, but there are vital space lanes um, around Tatooine. So. Yeah, I yeah, I think it's interesting. I think it kind of um is symbolizes, maybe not symbolizes, but the way that um like Mace Windu basically says to the Chancellor, if it were up to me. Or like if the Jedi had our way, we wouldn't go rescue him. I think that I think that just goes to show that um yeah, how moral and morally ambiguous it is. Yeah. It's also like why would you yeah. why would you uh go out of your way to rescue the son of a crime lord yeah. who hates Jedi and flouts the Republic's authority? Yeah. There is also a line that Mace Windu says, um, I gotta rant about this for a couple seconds, because you know, we just watched Clone Wars where um General Grievous is a is like an, a badass and he says uh mace windu says in the movie general grievous has our forces spread thin i'm like he does i don't see any evidence of that in the show he kills not our veb in season one and he was like basically a rookie knight that's the only person he ever kills in the show like the only jedi he ever kills in the show how does he have forces close... spread thin Where's the evidence think of that? Many, think of, look, think about how many times he comes super close to killing other Jedi. He comes super close to killing Kenobi during the rescue of Eeth Koth. He comes super close, hell, he comes super close to killing, to capturing, killing Eeth Koth. Like, I think that, um... I don't know, it's just like... I think may, maybe not enough of it is shown on screen that it does become another off-screen illusion that makes everyone roll their eyes. But I, I don't really, I don't know. Personally, I guess it just didn't, never really bugged me. Yeah, I don't know. It's, that's just... Let's see. Um, what do we have next? When he says, the only Jedi we can spare are Skywalker and Kenobi. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. The only Because they're Je your star. Why would you want to spare them? You're their, they're your star. They're your star players. You know what I mean? It's also, also always, it feels like they're always like, the ones to spare. It's like always them. Yeah. So they, so they do these battle sequences on uh, Christophsis and, um, yeah, they're still fighting on Christophsis. This battle lasts a long time. It spanned three episodes of The Clone Wars, basically, if we consider from the start of the movie to, like, 25 minutes in, where an episode would be, because this was originally going to be four Clone Wars episodes. Um, you know, that's three episodes yeah. length. That's an hour of the show spent on Christophsis in this battle. It's basically an entire arc. I like Christophsis. It's yeah. a cool concept for a planet. It's really very cool. unique. Um, and of course they they win they they win the first wave of the battle and they're they're yes. sent a messenger and we got to do a huge discussion on on this guy. Uh not this guy, this girl, but yeah. Let's get to the meat and potatoes of this. Ahsoka Tano. Also punt also droid punching clone. Oh yeah, I droid to mention punching droid clone. Punching clone. Ahsoka Forever Tano, in our hearts. She's here. Ahsoka Tano. Um, we yeah. we gotta we gotta we gotta talk about Ahsoka Tano. Um, there was a lot of criticism I seem to remember when the Clone Wars um, first uh, aired. I know there was a lot of criticism about Ahsoka saying that she was too snippy, she was too annoying as a character, and talk about a redemption story. Ahsoka Tano right now is one of the most beloved Star Wars characters of all time. And 
Honestly, to me, that makes total sense because I think she is. I think I have my list of my top ten favorite Star Wars characters. I think she's number five on there. Um, she would definitely be in my top five too. Yeah, she's incredible. I don't know what it is, but yeah. I don't know. Soak is just really awesome. Yeah, I mean, again and again, that's all out of like so many Star Wars characters. There are only four characters on that list that beat Ahsoka, um, and you know, Ahsoka is just incredible. Um, I think something that makes, I think something that appeals to people about ahsoka is that she has the guts to just completely walk away she completely walks away from the only life she's ever known at the jedi order because she knows that she needs to fix things and she's not going to be able to do that at the jedi order yeah she so i think maybe maybe that's why at least partly um yeah and we'll get to that like of course when we get to season five a long time from now but like you know even now she has this She's like Anakin, but she is more of a natural inclination, at least to me, to the light that Anakin than Anakin does. She's yeah. every bit as reckless and brash as Anakin, but she tethered to the light. Um, she is, um, and like, and again, look how young she is. You know, this is her old character model. Um, she's like very small. Why would they send a fourteen-year-old into battle with a tube top? I don't understand. This is the Clone Wars. This is desperation right now. Um, it still doesn't make sense. I'm sorry. It just makes no sense. Yeah. Um, um, on a on an in story level and on a on a on a creator level, hey, Clone Wars creators, you did a great job, but you could have given her something yeah. other than a tube top. Like, um, she's she's like in battle. That's yeah. just I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. So, um, but I I do like um so um. Yeah, and the way that Obi-Wan reacts to Anakin getting Ahsoka is priceless. Let's just say that, okay? I think he orchestrated it. Oh, I think he orchestrated it. I'm sure he orchestrated it. Yeah. One thing I noticed... It was the best thing ever. I noticed that... Okay, a couple things. We see Ventress. Right after we see Ahsoka for the first time, we see Ventress for the first time, too. Or maybe right before. I can't remember. Yeah. But... I think it's cool that we see two uh, big, I mean, we big saw female Ventress characters that become though. pretty popular. We saw Ventress in oh, we did? Enemy. Remember when she Oh, told Hidden her? Enemy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about Cottonmouth. Yeah, that's true. We see her Hidden Enemy. But chronologically, like in the real world, this would be the first introduction we've had to Ventress in canon, correct? In, in canon. In Legends, we At had, least on screen. We had um, the Grey Delisle Ventress. Um, I mean, yeah, in Legends, there was a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I I don't one know if, I if you noticed this one. Um, uh, Dooku says to Ventress, "Everything is going as planned," which I'm pretty sure is a direct rip from "Everything is proceeding as I have foreseen." From yeah. Sidious. I wonder why Sidious would reveal himself to Ventress though, because I would imagine that he would want to keep himself shrouded in in darkness and secrecy, but. Yeah. Apparently Ventress is high up enough to uh Okay, a couple more things. Um thus begins the uh time honored and maybe also much uh bemoaned, at least for me, tradition of uh characters pointing at a ran- pointing at random spots on a holographic map and saying here, here, <laughs> here, and here, 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 there, and here when they're planning. Like he literally says, like, I'll go to the I'll defend the gun emplacements and draw the droids in here. My clone troopers will set up here and here, and Anakin and Ahsoka <laughs> will flank them here, here and, and here. destroy their shield generator here. It's just yeah. so 
there's something about that that just bugs me that they couldn't have either they couldn't have either just cut out the here part of the dialogue to not make it repetitive or been more specific like say at the head at of the, the south road. ridge or something yeah the south yeah the the north ridge the southern mouth of the canyon or whatever the yeah. gully the mountaintop just something to make it a little less yeah. here 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 um, it's it's annoying let's go into it's really annoying more general stuff i gotta say let's talk i want to briefly talk about the dynamics between anakin ahsoka and rex because okay. um those are i love those there's of course that very famous line from the movie so if you're a captain and i'm a jedi then technically i outrank you right in my book experience outranks everything that's such a that's such a great exchange it shows everything you need to know about rex and ahsoka and their attitudes um towards family and like you know it's it's yeah it's really awesome to see after all of these seasons of clone wars and rebels showing their relationship i love seeing the way that they um i love i love being able to go back to this now and now that we know everything turns out okay from a point of is this going to turn into a good story and a good character arc and think wow look how far these three characters have come yes so i, I find that quite heartwarming yes just be able to be like man look at this yeah so I, I i really appreciated that i don't know Let's that made talk, it much more enjoyable then and i'm excited to, to do this because i know you've been excited um this is we're about to talk about something that jacob loves so much this is basically jacob's version of my um it's like poetry you know it rhymes because he loves talking about it so much Let's talk about war crimes. Okay, war crimes. <laughs> I assume we're uh, I assume we're talking about Obi-Wan's war crime With here. General Loathsome, the most famous example of a Jedi committing yeah. war crimes. One I think I got yeah. in our trivia I don't think it's match, the most example, but... Yeah. But, um... Yeah. yeah, um... I feel bad for Loathsome. He's actually doing, like, he's doing a good job. Like, just not good be, enough Jedi really... to be tricked by war crimes. I know, but the Jedi really need to do a need to hire a better PR firm, or at least they lay really down do. some firm rules about hey, we're Jedi, we're supposed to be agents of good, so uh, no war crimes. Yeah, <laughs> war crimes. Are I actually bad. was thinking of other surrenders. Like oh. usually they just decimate the en enemy. They don't actually, you know, because I was thinking there are very few actual surrenders in yeah, the Clone Wars. There are only as, two of them I can, can think tell. of off the top of my head: the Tantive Four. In yeah. the beginning of a new hope, and the yeah. empire's official—that's not even a surrender. That's kind of a and the empire's kind of capture. official surrender uh, at Jakku, ending the galactic civil war. Yeah, that's the because there's never a there's ne is there there's never really a surrender in the Clone Wars because Anakin murders every single like separatist leader, and, and all the so does Obi Wan. Uh, yeah, and so does Obi Wan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I saw a meme the other day, and I think that that I think sums this matter up pretty well. It's someone saying, uh, "Hey, uh, I can't believe I can't believe Anakin committed a war crime during the Clone Wars," and then so and then another per, and then someone saying, "Do you have the slightest idea how little that narrows it down?" <laughs> I think if we expand that to all the Jedi, that really that really fits. Like That's you know, I, I like I the like Jedi. That. I will defend. I will defend the Jedi Order. I will too. More than most. I'm a huge Jedi fan. But I have to say, they really messed up. Of here. those they top really five characters here. in Star Wars, I mentioned 
all five of them are Jedi, I will admit that one, so. How many of them are war criminals? Um, is Yoda a war criminal? I don't think Yoda's a war, at least not from what we can tell, Yoda's not a war criminal. Then probably only one. Unless gambling with the lives of your troops counts as a war crime, because he does do that. Yeah, I'd say only one, because I think it's, and that's Obi-Wan. Because I don't think Yoda does it. He's my number one. Obi-Wan definitely does it. He's my number two. Luke doesn't do it. I don't as think. Far, as far as we know, yeah. Rey I think Luke doesn't is the do one it. Jedi who, and, as far as we know, As yes. far as we know. And Ahsoka, I don't think, does it. So, I wonder. I bet Ahsoka commits. I bet Ahsoka would probably be part and parcel to a war crime during the Clone Wars. Probably, just because there are so many battles She's probably there. like... Yeah, and she's she. I'm I'm guessing just from her character that she would be willing to like do more what it takes. Yeah. Than someone like Obi Wan, especially Although apparently on. not in this episode. Um. Yeah, because she's younger and more yeah. reckless. You know how it is. Um. You know what I mean. Also, let's talk about this. Um. Let let's talk about a couple things. First of all, um. Uh, there's this point at when when Ahsoka so they have to disable the shield generator and. There are these spikes in the ground that activate droids. It's basically like a minefield. And then there's this... Yes, LR-57 droids are the name. I looked nice it up. Nice job. lr fifty seven. Um, very good. Um, anyway, and so they... Um, and, and at one point, Anakin says to um, uh, Ahsoka, Wait, whose side are you on anyway? And that turned the wheels in my head. Imagine, imagine, just imagine, if for one arc in the Clone Wars... Like, we get a Duel of the Droids arc, except for it's with a Padawan. That would be pretty interesting. That would be Like, if Ahsoka... And, and like, what hey, we if Ahsoka get that was a traitor? Ahsoka ends up getting... We kind of get that, though, a little bit. Duel of the Droids, how Ahsoka ends up getting screwed by a with, Barriss uh, Alfie. Barriss, yeah. Who ends like, up being the imposter. But, like, seriously, what if Ahsoka was a traitor? How much of a twist would that be? Yeah, that would be pretty crazy. Yeah. You know, one thing that's interesting about the LR-57 is going back to that. The only other time we see an LR-57, this kind of droid, I believe... Is in the Karlak arc, which also has Ahsoka in it. Interesting. I haven't watched that arc it's in the, a long time, so I'm it's the arc where um I know what it where, happens, but I don't really remember a lot of the specific details. It's they're like the target practice droids that the Mandalorians oh, use, basically. Um, so okay. yeah, um, moving on. And then there's um, this line. What else do we have? I saw this in your notes, and I saw this in mine, and I think we disagree on this one. Interestingly. Um, there's a line, you reckless young one, you never would have made it as Obi-Wan's Padawan, but you could make it as mine. And I saw you wrote down that you agreed with Anakin. I, I definitely Which agree is with Anakin. interesting, because I don't. I think You don't agree? How, how come? I think Ahsoka could have made it as Obi-Wan's Padawan. I think Anakin's the better master for her, but I think, I think an Obi-Wan-Ahsoka master power relationship uh, would have been interesting because... i think it would have been interesting too i think it also would have been very fruitful and i think it would be very successful except i don't think obi-wan would have like let it marinate enough like if it were obi-wan he wouldn't have gotten to the point where anakin said you just might make it he probably as soon as the mission was over he would have been like okay that was a disaster and he, he wouldn't have done it out of spite or cruelty or thinking that she couldn't keep up. He would have done it out of, I don't think we're a good fit. Like, I can't keep you out of harm. I don't know. I feel I like... Think, I think he would have... I, I I mean, maybe not, but I think so. I don't know. Maybe. I, I maybe. It's an interesting... That's just my take. Question. Interesting um, thought. Uh, so let's let's go on to... Um, 
If you have anything on Christophsis, uh, before we go to Teth. I have a few more. I have a few more authorizations about Christophsis. On Christophsis, I noticed the clone armor, if you notice, is super scuffed up. All the clones have very dirty, charred, scarred, scuffed up armor. And I think it's a cool testament to the way that the clones are given a lot more of a personality. They're given a very different treatment. They're given a very um they're given uniqueness, they're given humanity, they're given they're given a lot more personality like than in the yeah. movies. And I'm not sure if they thought about that when they were designing their armor to be more like this, or if this was just a simple practical matter of, oh, they've been in battle more. But I think it really it's interesting because on the one hand, it um on, on the one hand, it uh it, it it is more interesting from a story perspective. On the other hand, it kind of undermines it undermines the perception of the clones as these this like uniform faceless mask of and it kind of it separates the clones a lot more from stormtroopers, which I think makes you experience the story that comes after in a very different way because i I'm, I'm, i imagine that lucas's intention in the beginning was that oh clones are just going to be like the stormtrooper hey look these are like hey look it was going to be a like a, a symbol of like oh, oh they're going down a bad path they literally have proto stormtroopers but then once we get this it kind of it really so i, I i'm i think that this kind of changed the way because i was talking to my uh i was talking to my dad who saw the prequels when they came out before the clone wars and I think that, and based on some things that he said, and some talks that I've had with other people who saw the movies when they've come out, I really think it, I would venture that it kind of changed the way the clones and therefore some aspects of the the whole story uh, kind of are, get experienced. Yeah, I, I think that those are all really interesting points, and I definitely agree with a lot of them. Um, so let's go on Another to Teth thing. now. Teth. One thing I noticed... Arf troopers. I love Arf troopers. The the scouts. Oh, the scouts. I think Those it stands cool. for Advanced Reconnaissance Force. I don't know why they don't get used more. In my opinion, they're really cool. They are really arf, cool. Arf 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 for life. Um. Also, um. Let's see. Uh. Oh yeah. When Obi Wan goes um to first of all, Obi Wan goes to Tatooine to um talk to Jabba the Hutt, and look, we're back on Tatooine. Look yeah. at that. We're I think back the on animation Tatooine. really. I think the animation really suffers on Tatooine for some reason. I'm not sure why, but the background animation, the animation of the landscapes, it almost looks, parts of it almost look unfinished. So I'm not sure if they came up short on budget. I doubt it because they had Lucas Passion Project money, but it really, it really makes me like most of this animation. It also might have just been 2007 animation. Yeah. Here's the thing. In most of this, the animation, the way the way everything looks super angular and the characters look super, super angular and stylized, it's stylized enough that you don't really notice that the animation is is getting a bit dated. But I think when you really see like the the roll like the mountains and the hills and the sand, I think that's when the animation starts to you start bit. to yeah. see that it's a little bit long in the tooth um, I, it's nothing egregious but it's just a reminder of oh i have a this challenge isn't for like... lucasfilm lucasfilm you're probably not listening to this but by any chance you are can you <laughs> take a 10-year break from using tatooine in anything are you sick of tatooine's in um it's in mando right it's gonna be in mando season two yep we're going back to there for like the 107th time 
I hope they explore a different part of Tatooine. Like going to Tatooine, please. It would be cool if they explore like what maybe what if you go to the North Pole of Tatooine and maybe it's less of an arid desert and more of like a I don't know more of like a Iran or something. I don't know. I don't. Know. I think it would be. Just, I think they have an opportunity to explore. They do, a but I don't think they're it. going to. But I think the point is. Yeah. Stop going to Tatooine. Yeah, I think they're doing it in the in the Mandalorian. I imagine they're doing it from a cynical perspective. I might you might one might say they could be nostalgia baiting. They could be. I think I there's also. I don't, I don't think it's that. I think it's deep. probably because they have a re- they have a reason to go there. I don't know what that reason yeah. is. It could be Cobb Vanth, but I'm not sure. Um, I know we'll see though. I'm I'm excited to I'm see. I'm excited for Mando. But we di- we digress again. Yeah. Um, we digress. Let's see. Where were we? Let's go. We're it- on Teth now. Right or no? We're on Tatooine now. We're we're on we're jumping between the two. Um, also, yeah, okay. here's two good notes in this. Did you know, Dooku is Christopher Lee in this, and Mace Windu is Sam Jackson. No way! That's awesome. Yep, I did they not reprise their roles. Uh, I think this do was, they re- do, I think this was Christopher Lee's last time playing Count Dooku before he sadly passed away in 2015. So. So he didn't. He didn't play him for the rest of the Clone no, Wars. No, he actually. They actually offered it to him, and he heard the temp tracks of Corey Burton, and he's like, "Okay, so what do you need me for? This guy's got it down great." Wow. I mean, I'm sad that we didn't get to see him do more, but at the same time, that's a uh, that's showing a lot of um. I don't know. I find that admirable that there's some humility and, and maybe some love there that like, he wants. You know, I think he was like to in give his, someone his else early eighties when he died. You know, he couldn't really. That's a good point. Maybe he was. Maybe he was also just like, I'm you know what? Screw this. this. I want to enjoy. It. Maybe he's just like, I want to enjoy my retirement. That's yeah. You're right. That's also a possibility. He wants to hang out with his relatives. You know, that's yeah. um, that's that's perfectly acceptable as well. Yeah. Um. Uh, Jabba is weird. You know why? Why? Because when we see. When we come to Tatooine and we see uh, right before there's the announcement that oh, the the bounty hunters are coming back. You know, you know when it when they say the bounty hunters you've hired have returned, he is literally vibing, listening to lot. He's literally vibing, having a little bit of a concert. Maybe he's trying to distract himself. It's just like oh my, he's having a concert and he's watching some like twilight dancers like i just kind of imagine maybe... he's always doing that no matter the situation that's a good point it is jabba but like <laughs> jabba you're weird for that like your son has been kidnapped by an unknown entity and you're you're trying to live your best life hey he has <laughs> this, three this separate no groups of forces w- looking for them three okay Bounty but still hunters, like at separatists least... and jedi at least wouldn't like i it seems like a normal parent would be like i mean he is clearly worried but also yeah what yeah i don't know it um, just doesn't quite i'm not gonna say it doesn't make sense it's just kind of a yeah it's one of those oh of course of course java would be of course java, java would be, would be like that. yeah oh java vibing to um, music and like having a show put on when his yeah. son is kidnapped uh, let's see um uh uh, um, when they're in the monastery and um, Anakin says to Ahsoka, which a lot, which is the line that kind of brought tears to my eyes, a very wise Jedi once said, nothing happens by accident. I literally wrote down, I'm not crying, you're crying, okay, you're crying. Um, man, yeah. bringing up Qui-Gon there is, brings the feels. 
Yeah. One thing I noticed also when Jabba, Jabba, at one point Jabba asks, why are the Jedi not looking for my son? But also Jabba, um, Jabba is a, uh, what do we, wait, my notes just disappeared. Hold up. Jabba also, Jabba, why are the Jedi not looking for my son? Also Jabba, massive crime lord that flouts the Republic's power breaks the law constantly, runs a criminal empire, and has a well-known hatred for Jedi. So, Does hmm. he has a, have a well-known hatred for Jedi? Maybe not well-known, but he, I don't know, he, he says another he's, thing. He he's clearly like influenced by like... some prejudice, let's just say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, also, um, yeah. Um, I have a couple more notes on Teth before we're done for this. Um, actually, one more. Um, did you did it feel odd to you at all that Ventress was able to so easily mind trick Rex? I I found more so than no, I didn't find that odd because you know she can use the force and the the definition. I'm gonna say this again: the definition of weak minded is kind of feels pretty flexible. Yeah, but like still, it's Rex. You know, they have to they have to Anakin, Obi Wan, and Mace Windu, three Force users. Who, by the way, alone, all of them are are more powerful than Ventress. But the three of them together have to mind trick Bane in season two. Cad Bane in season two, who maybe has a stronger mind than Rex, but like I think they're pro- okay, probably. Okay, but maybe the same. when they maybe when you say strong mind, maybe there's more to maybe there's more to that than just intelligence. Like maybe I don't know. It just seems a you little know what weird I mean. That- Ventress does it with pretty with with not like crazy ease but like on the first try and then Anakin Obi-Wan and Mace Windu all have to team up on Cad Bane and it nearly like absolutely kills his mind okay that's true but I don't know I just I just it doesn't really bother me because it's just like it's just kind of a suspend disbelief thing it's it's a plot device yeah I feel like a mind trick is just something where it's like when it needs to work it works works, and when it needs to fail it it fails like we're not stressing. I'm, at least for me, I'm not really stressing. Yeah. Um, that's all the notes uh, what I have. Else? What other notes do you have? Um, I don't know. We got a really nice shot of the... I love the shot of the cruiser descending on Teth, getting to see the thrusters, the solar flare. Maybe that's why JJ decided to get on board with the Star Wars. Who knows? But um, He does love his flares. Yes. I can't remember when this happens, but it's in my notes, so I'm going to bring it up. When Anakin says, oh yeah, Ahsoka's uh, talking to the clones. And Anakin says, Ahsoka, a Jedi is humble. And he berates her According to who, Anakin? According to who, Anakin's the guy who also says, I will become the most powerful Jedi ever. And he says, I'm strong and Obi-Wan is holding me back because he's jealous. And that was before this. Yeah, according to who, Anakin? According to who, Mr. Biggest Ego in the Jedi Order? Yeah, it's um, it's not good. Yeah, um, and 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 the part when Obi Wan shows up to the castle and then he says, he says, um, I hopefully Jabba will be in a good mood. That seems like a pretty hopeful statement. Oh yeah, Jabba's son just got kidnapped, and everyone he hired to try and get him back just, just got, got beheaded. So I'm sure Jabba is gonna be in a great. I'm sure mood. Jabba is feeling awesome. Great. Here's a um, here's a here's a fun tidbit for you. Rada the Hutlet. Okay, apparently my math was off when I said he's fifty years old earlier, so ignore that. 
Rod of the Hutlet was born in 52 BBY, and most Hutlets spend the first 50 years of their life in their parents' brood pouch. Not sure if it's the biological male or the biological female, or I, I don't even know how Huts reproduce. Don't really want to know, to be honest. They're Huts. They're slimy and gross. But Jabba did wanted him to experience the galaxy firsthand, so he took him... Uh, he he uh, he took him out of the womb and, and had him like in the uh, in the world far before that. So that is interesting. I don't know. And we still um, see uh, him out, fact, not apparently. in the brood pouch a couple of years later in the Clone Wars episode Sphere of Influence, this season three. Um, yeah, I think. In, oh yeah. Un unless you have anything else, I think we should get to one quarter portion now. The what about the battle of uh the battle of Teth? We oh, didn't really cover the battle part. Yeah, I kind of skipped past that part. Um, okay, but the battle of Teth. I got to for my, I think this is. I love the race you to the top with the sym uh, symmetry with um race you to the bottom on Mandalore. I I don't know that moment, but yeah, okay. When and uh, Anakin tells Ahsoka race you to the top, um of that cliff, and then in the siege of Mandalore, Ahsoka says to Rex. In the first episode, race you to the bottom. Oh, maybe maybe Anna, maybe Ahsoka yeah, realizes like it's a good motivation rhymes. strategy. It does rhyme, yeah. First and last episodes, first time, last time in the Clone Wars, at least fighting alongside Rex yep. as a member of the Jedi Order. I love this battle. I think that the whole vertical cliff thing. Look, I think it's one of the most exciting and free. It's one of the most exciting and one of the most creative battles. I definitely agree. In the uh, in the Clone Wars, and no, in the entire franchise, straight up. Um, I love the also the battle droids in this. They're very funny. You know, a lot of people may not like well, that, but I don't know. That's for some reason. I just I, I love the battle droids. They're very endearing. I did want to make this point. Let's point out for yeah. a second that in this, this show, the entire armies of the Separatists and the Republics are voiced by exactly two people. Who? D. Bradley Baker and Matthew Wood. And who do they each... Uh... Matthew Wood voices all of the battle droids, and D. Bradley Baker voices all of the clone troopers. Two people. Wow. That's pretty Two crazy. massive armies. Two people. Yeah. Big they all, they're all the them. same. They're all the same, so I guess that uh, helps that. Yeah. We have another... We have our great segment. Everyone loves this segment. Um, we call it... One Quarter Portion. So we have actually two things, because um, I made an oopsie last time, and we accidentally skipped Jacob's Star Wars opinion question. So let's do those right now. All right, I got some. I got some. I got some pretty interesting ones. Um, yeah, I'm excited. They're they're kind of difficult. I couldn't think of any answers for mine before them before time. So don't uh, don't, don't sweat it. But uh, number one, who is the most evil character that is a quote good guy? The most evil good guy. The most evil good guy. Um, I would say Mace Windu. Mace, Mace Windu. Windu. Um, Mace Windu does a lot of like. He's not a very nice guy if you really think about it. He he's not very he's he his cold, un unpassionate you know stance on the Jedi is a lot of the reasons why Anakin started to distrust the Jedi. I'm gonna go with Mace Windu. Okay, but you can't really blame him. like he was doing his uh 
that's very contra that's very consequentialist but i don't really think that should count against him that his the consequences of his actions like, drove one person and and also like to behave you know, differently yeah i mean like you know it's not just that it's that a lot of i don't know a lot of his i i think a lot of his plans actually hurt the republic more than they helped the republic um a lot of mm. his like you know a lot of his attitudes were why um even if the Jedi, actually, I think even if the Jedi, if even if Order sixty six didn't happen, I think the Jedi were not going down a great path, and I think that a lot of that was because of Mace Windu. Okay, well, we'll uh, I'll, I'll I'll get back to you on a future episode. I think Mace Windu is misunderstood, but for okay. the sake of time, I'm not going to go into it right now yeah. because who, I have a lot to say. say. On the matter, most evil good guy. You know, I think the Clone Wars obviously is rife with evil good guys, just because of all it's. It doesn't have to be from keeps, you know. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying it is because of yeah. the whole moral ambiguity thing. In terms of who are some evil good guys in the original trilogy era, I think you could make a case. I think you could make a case probably for, uh, oh man, what's his name? I'm forgetting his name. He's in Rogue One. Uh, General Draven. Guerrera. No, no Sagarera. Sagarera. yeah, Sagarera. I think you could make a you could probably make a case for Sagarera being one of the most evil is he good evil guys, but is, honestly, is he, not is he even. just extreme? That's the only thing. I, I mean, saw. at a certain point, extremism and evil—they're the same thing. Once you're yeah p- putting civilians in harm's way, carrying out acts of there is terror, that thing in that book that, is evil. that I think I heard of, which is that I think I think there was a mission with the partisans that where they just shredded a bunch of people at, at an imperial party to bits with basically just like mini dart launchers and they just oh yeah those dart the flechettes yeah the flechettes and like yeah you know most of them were not actually imperial military they were just civilians um yeah that does that does make saw being a an evil good guy very much more convincing so i'm agreeing with you there i think it could the case could be made what's your next question okay next question Actually, I'm gonna say yeah. I'm just gonna say Tarkin is the most evil good guy. He's, he's hardly a even guy. a good when guy. When is he ever a good guy? He's he's on the Rep- I mean, he's on the Republic side, and he's working with. I don't think he'd ever Anakin and Ahsoka really and everybody. Yeah, he's a good guy because he often okay, works okay. against them. That's the thing. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. Okay, he's not really a good guy then. I, then he yeah, fights I, on I the good I'll guy's say, side, conveniently. Yeah. Then yeah, I'll say Sagarera, Sa- probably yeah. the uh, the most evil good guy. Okay, next question. The bad guy, who the quote unquote bad guy, who is the most, who good? is the least evil, or has the most goodness within them? Okay. Who do you think this would be? I actually just thought of one that's like just yeah, that's that that just fits the bill for me. Um, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Really? How come? Is he I mean, against? Is he against the rebels? Yes, he's against the rebels. But is he against them for evil purposes? No, he saw the Empire's strength. He came in from the um from the Chiss Ascendancy, and he was looking at who was the most dominant in the galaxy. And that, at that point, just so happened to be the Empire. And so what you got, what you gonna do? You're gonna side with the most powerful, uh, like, you know, animal in the garden, like, not the garden, but, like, the most powerful the animal jungle. in the jungle. That's what I was go- going for. And, and, you know, he, does he ever defect from the Empire? No, but, like, you know, I don't think he's a bad guy. I think he just made the mistake of siding with the bad people that's just my opinion. that is a that is that is a good point i think um 
I'm gonna figure. I'm gonna try and think of something else, somebody other else in Thrawn, but that's good. But you know that brings up a good question. That comes up a point, at least for me, a, a small point, which is that I think that the way, at least, let's see, let's stick for canon for now. The way that Thrawn is portrayed in the Thrawn trilogy by Timothy Zahn, great books, by the way. Really, you should really, um, the the canon Thrawn trilogy. Because there are three now. There's there's the Legends oh, one, there three the now. canon one, and the Ascendancy one. Oh, the regular one, not the Ascendancy one. Yeah, I know. The, the, then why did you ask? No, I, I was just... Never mind. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Just for clarity, okay, the regular regular Thrawn trilogy, Thrawn, not Ascendancy. Thrawn Alliances and Thrawn Treason. Yeah, yeah. Thrawn, Thrawn Alliances, and Thrawn Treason. So, in All these books, the we see Thrawn... Us, the two of us, both of us, have read. Yeah. I really recommend them. They're they're great. They're awesome. They're all, they're uh they're great books. I highly recommend especially, them. Very entertaining. Read. Especially the first and the third one. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. They kind of give you a look inside Thrawn's mind, and they come up with all these really interesting, very very um mysterious plots. They're they're a good read. But we digress. Suffice it to say, those books are great. Thrawn in those books is very different from Thrawn and Rebels. Thrawn and Rebels, maybe because the Rebels is kind of supposed to be from the Rebels' perspective a little bit, and it kind of, it just kind of is, I guess, as a matter of, um, as a matter of fact, just because it follows Rebels. Thrawn comes off as a lot more evil, and he comes off a lot more as relishing, he comes off a lot more as relishing doing harmful things to the Rebels and relishing giving them defeats, killing people, kind of striking fear into their hearts a lot more than in um in the books. In the yeah, books he comes off as a lot more analytical and just doing what he has to do to survive. Yeah. But I would say for the least bad bad guy. That is a uh that is a good besides Thrawn, I'm not really I'm not even sure who to who to go with, to be honest. So Sequel trilogy, I don't think there's really a good contender in maybe, the original trilogy. Maybe you could argue a point for DJ, but I don't wouldn't argue that. Yeah, I wouldn't really argue. I, I wouldn't really say DJ. It doesn't really have a lot. You could say Hux, him. but then you can't say Hux. Yeah, not really Hux. Original trilogy, other Imperials are probably a lot. Maybe we maybe Wheelaren. No, Yalaren actually um, has a very convincing case for not being a bad guy. He just, you know. Yalaren's case is actually very similar to Thrawn's case. He just kind of went with the tide. The Republic was Yeah, and Yalaren, or Wielaren, Yalaren, however you pass it. It almost seems as if Yalaren is only loyal to the Empire because he's in love because he's in love with the memory his memory of the Republic. That does make a lot of sense, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say Yalaren. I think he um Yalaren's a good point, yeah. And I think he's just got in a bad situation because he um he's he's so He's he feels so loyal to the Republic that he, he can't really tell that what he's fighting for isn't the Republic anymore. Okay, That's I'm all I'll say for that. Excited for this next segment. This is our actual one quarter portion segment, which is called "It's a Long Story," the segment where we explain Star Wars very badly to each other. Um, yeah. Do right. you have one? You, you want, want me to start with, with this one? You you start. You start okay. this time. Okay. Let me see if I, I'll get into my narrator voice. Okay. Um. I'm trying to figure out how to say this. A young man witnesses brutality at a bat- at the first battle he ever fights in. He decides to leave the army that raised him since birth and join the um and, and joined the counter movement to that army where he meets some of the best friends he will ever have. 
Oh, uh, The Force Awakens. Yes, Finn. and that's, yep. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Okay, here's that's mine. That's the key to a long story, I think, is don't ever do the story from the main character's perspective. Do it from, like, anyone else's I think the key is to explain it badly, though. So that, 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 that seems like a pretty good explanation, actually. Oh, but uh, sorry. It's okay. okay. It's okay. Here. That's okay. Here. Here's mine. Okay. Two religious fanatic warlords gamble for a planet's future with the lives of their troops. What story arc oh, is this? Oh, I know what this is. I think this is a epi specific episode, and I think it's a good time to plug this. We will be talking about this episode, I'm pretty sure, with Meg Dowell um, coming out in about a month. I think we're talking about Ambush. Yes, sir. We're talking about Ambush. That's yep. right. I'm excited to do that in, in about a month with Meg Dowell on In a Galaxy. I'm ex uh, that's going to be fun. I'm so excited. Um, Ambush is one of my favorite episodes. Ambush I think is the first episode I ever watched also. Ambush is easily a top 20 Clone Wars episode by far. Um, yeah, it's really just, good. Especially for the first season. Your volume of them. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's it for this episode of Star Wars In a Galaxy. Next week we will be finishing Star Wars The Clone Wars. It's crazy. Um, we're doing this in two sessions. The movie, not the TV the movie, show. The movie. The TV yeah. show we've gotten two episodes into. Um, anyway, um, so in the meantime, uh, before that next episode, you know, follow us on Twitter. We're at In a Galaxy Pod on Twitter. You can listen to us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, wherever you listen to your podcasts, we'll be there. Um, please, uh, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, I don't know about other services, but I know this is an Apple Podcast. Five star rating and review, please. We really appreciate it. It helps our podcast get seen. Um, and yeah, we'll see you uh, next week. May the force be with you. Always. Celia here uh, from In a Galaxy. I just wanted to tell you that for a couple of weeks, because of the debut of season two of The Mandalorian, uh, Jacob and I are going to release our In a Galaxy episodes on Wednesday instead of Friday so that. Hopefully, the listens on our episode don't conflict with um, The Mandalorian Season 2's release. Um, so, you'll be getting everything two days early. So, yay. Uh, yeah, see you next week.